all you have. We would be honored if you would join us. What's happening, Far, Far Away family? Welcome to Star Wars Audio Archive. So how's everyone doing today? I hope everything is going well on your side of the galaxy. Nothing new going on out here in the Outer Rim. As always, I'm plotting to take over the galaxy, and little Vader is getting on my nerves with all these jokes. But nothing really that much to discuss. I wanted to ask y'all a very important question. What is your favorite part of this show? Shoot me an email at sway.audio at gmail.com and let me know. But I need you to be completely honest, and don't hold back. Tell me exactly how you feel. If you like the book part the best or the quote of the week, whatever it is, let me know. Because this will dictate how the next season of the show will be done. We have hired four people that are going to read through as many of the emails as they can. Plus Leslie and some of the others, including myself, are going to read a bunch as well. And we need to know all this before the end of the season. Because next season, we're going to continue with the next book of the Old Republic era. Which will be The Old Republic's Deceived by Paul S. Kemp. It took place a few hundred years after Revan. Revan took place in 3954 through 3955 BBY, and the seed took place in 3645 BBY, so it's a couple hundred years. But I think I got Jason on board to read the book, the same person that read this book. And as always, Theodore will be doing the audio, so it should be a great experience. But how we do it will be dictated by you, the listener. So shoot us those emails. Okay, what do we got for news this week? And I know I said I would only do one topic a week, but there are two things that I want to cover this week. So I will do one in the beginning and one right before the quote of the week. The second one is an article that I want to read because I feel that these two things might interest you. Okay, the first one is about the skeleton crew. From reports, the film has wrapped up for the series. A stunt coordinator, George Cottle, shared a video on Instagram celebrating the moment. It said, that's a wrap for skeleton crew. Once again, I was lucky enough to be surrounded by some of the most amazing stunt performers I have ever worked with. I feel so lucky to do this work with all of you. Thank you for all your hard work and dedication. So excited for this one. That's what caption of the video said. Stunt actor Julia Porter also shared on her IG stories. She said she is going to miss the Skeleton Crew stunt family. So grateful. Can't wait for the world to see what's in store. The Skeleton Crew is set to premiere later this year. The Star Wars spinoff was announced in May 22. It is directed by John Watts and was written by Christopher Ford. The series is set to take place in the same timeline as The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett. Watts said the new series is about a group of kids who are about 10 years old who get lost in the Star Wars universe. The director also noted that although the show will have four kids as its stars, it's not really a kid's show. John and Dave are also executive producers of this series. And I am kind of excited to see this series. I like Drew Law and it sounds kind of interesting, but we will all have to see how everything plays out. Okay, now let's get back to Brotherhood, because last week Obi-Wan escaped from custody and now he is on the run from the Nymordians. And honestly, the first chapter that has some action in it. So now I'm excited to see what's going to happen next. So let's take a listen. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Rogue Quanum. As soon as she called out, I'm on the target. 
things kicked into motion, and Rube knew exactly how Kitar would react even before the trigger was fully pulled. The cross-traffic of civilians gave cover to her story, though she hated the fact that they were potentially in the line of fire. And she was furious at Kitar for brandishing a pistol when terrified innocents stood in the way, government employees who had nothing to do with the investigation or any ongoing tensions with the Republic, political or otherwise. As for Obi-Wan, Rook had tracked enough targets to predict where they headed. This marked the first time such a target had Jedi abilities, but the same logic applied. An open window, plenty of options, an easy escape. Rook's job was to make it look good. Risk assessment was an inherent part of Neimodian culture, the counterpart to their inherent ability to calculate. Except in this case, the risk was whether or not she'd accidentally take down a Jedi. The odds clearly showed the path as the marked escape route, and the combination of Obi-Wan's current speed and what she'd witnessed mere moments ago created reasonable assumptions for her approach. All it took was a fraction of a second, a mix of practicality and instinct, and Rook sent the deadly bolt whizzing barely beneath Kenobi's feet as he vaulted up with a supernatural ascension. Even for an experienced sniper like herself, such execution caused her to exhale with relief. He was in your sights! Kitar yelled. And though she'd expected this outburst, she still acted with indignation at the way he lost his composure. Stand down, cadet! Rube matched Kitar's volume, well aware that everyone watched. Remember who is the veteran here! I don't care. You had the chance to kill the Jedi, and you didn't take it! He'd spent time with Ventress. That much had been clear, despite Rogue trying to steer him away. Just days earlier, his grief seemed so overwhelming. And now he came up with evidence out of nowhere, without even informing his partner, and his urge to fight training droids had evolved into full-blown murder despite civilian danger. Rook replayed the last few actions in her head, from the chase out into the hallway to the moment Obi-Wan vaulted upward. And through it all, he had moved swiftly and carefully around any civilians. That spoke volumes about the Jedi's integrity, and it gave her something to establish moral superiority in front of other Neimodian guards. Would you prefer me to rain blaster bolts on every innocent person in this hallway? Sacrifice them for whatever vengeance you seek? Kitar's scowl spoke just as much about what he was willing to do, and just how far someone or something had pushed him in such a short time. Rook cursed herself for not taking Ventress more seriously during their meeting while on guard duty. This would avenge our dead. The fact that Obi-Wan had communicated with one of his Jedi brethren hadn't surprised Rook. His analysis had to come from somewhere, and the equipment he brought certainly didn't seem powerful enough to run the computations and processes necessary to generate his findings. The data pad, however, was another story. 
We love bringing you more Star Wars, and it is because of our partners that we can do this week after week. So we invite you to be one of those partners. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help us keep this going. Your support will give us the ability to create future episodes, as well as provide you with the best sounding show on your playlist. And to express our appreciation, we will give you a shout out on our mid-series show that we do in the middle of every book. You will also be automatically entered in all future giveaways. All you have to do is go to the show notes and click that listener support link. Now let's get back to the show. He didn't deny it. He said he needed more time. And at the bar, he'd hesitated a few times when they talked about leads. Like he was about to say something, then changed his mind. So while he did omit the truth, he likely ran his own risk assessment in doing so. Still, she was just as mad at him as she was at Kitar. Kenobi was on to something. Ransacking his things impedes the investigation. Ventress stepped in front of her, walking uncomfortably close given the circumstances. Perhaps you have your own bias in this situation. I'd call it experience. Experience? Or has guard duty softened your ability to make difficult judgments? Ventress locked eyes with Kitar, her expression saying more to the young man than her words. I thought you Neimoidians excelled at... She took in a breath before turning back to Rug. Risk assessment. This agent of Count Dooku carried a sinister glint in her eyes, one that probably worked in intimidating many she encountered, possibly even the officials in the other room. And in the case of Kitar, it probably drew him to her. But Rug had seen far worse, done far worse, to let a few side-eyed glances scare her off. I'm not playing your game, she said in a firm tone and with a shake of the head before looking back out at the ledge. Kitar huffed, turning to the sky. Where's that transport? Calm chatter with the other guards revealed that Seekers pursued the Jedi, but Rug already knew that a handful of lightly armored aerial remotes wouldn't be able to stop someone with Obi-Wan's abilities. No, he must have had a plan and a purpose. And if he really did intend to try for a peaceful resolution, then he wouldn't be jumping on a shuttle to Coruscant. That meant that Rug needed to get to him first. 30 seconds inbound, a voice from the remaining guards called out. Rug unlocked the side module on the rifle's handguard, then shifted it toward the base, activating a retraction of the elongated barrel. Inside the weapon, further mechanics churned for a quick second, switching internal plasma calibrations to work at closer range. She swung the rifle across her back, the strap holding tight to her armor. Kitar readied his pistol, things clicking into place as he replaced his ammo clip. Three other guards moved behind them, ready for the transport. I'll take the next one, Ventress said, giving space as the small floating platform came into view. Rogue ignored anything and everything from Ventress as she stepped onto the windowsill, the drop below far enough that it came with an inherent trust as she stood next to Kitar. 
The octagonal platform slowed to a stop a step away from the open window, and Rogue stepped aboard, the platform dipping under their weight. She grabbed the handrail to steady herself. Kitar did not. Instead, only looking up and pointing toward the direction where Obi-Wan had disappeared. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so not really any action, but the back and forth from Kitar and Rue was kind of intense. Kitar was questioning her about missing, and she questioned him about blasting into civilians. Then there was this whole inner conversation in Rue's mind. It was like she was almost questioning herself, but I think she missed on purpose. That's the way it sounded to me. But we will have to get more into the story to find out the truth. Another thing that I found interesting was how Ventra said that she was going to take the next transport. So she is going to help in the pursuit of Kenobi. Is this where she reveals herself as a Sith? That would be cool. If we could hear the first time Ventress and Kenobi go at it, but we will have to wait till next week to see if that comes to pass. Now we got to get to the second thing I wanted to talk about, because I found this article that the title was, Who is Anakin's father in Star Wars? Fans think they know the answer, but they are wrong. Now, usually I don't click on articles like this because the title just sounds too clickbait. But we were talking about this very topic on LSR this weekend. So I gave it a go. And this is what it said. The Skywalker family almost makes Star Wars feel like a soul proper. From secret twins reuniting to disgruntled sons joining evil corporations in spite of their parents' legacy. The galaxy far, far away is filled with drama. And Anakin Skywalker is at the heart of so much of the chaos. One Anakin fact, or lack thereof, still puzzles the Star Wars fandom to this day. No one seems to know who Anakin's father is, not even his mother. So who is Anakin's father in Star Wars? The answer is really complicated. And after an hour-long conversation about it on Lightsaber Radio this weekend, I still don't think I know. So the answer is very complicated. When we first met young Anakin in 1999's The Phantom Menace, his mother Shmi revealed to Qui-Gon that her son didn't have a father. Not that she didn't know the guy or pretend to forget about him, he literally didn't have one. In the real world, this wouldn't make sense, but this is Star Wars, where tiny living organisms band together to create a whole person all by themselves. Behold the midichlorians. In the Star Wars universe, a Jedi's power is determined by the number of midichlorians in their blood. Anakin's midichlorian clown is off the charts, which led the Jedi to believe that he was actually conceived by them. Who needs a dad when you have the Force, right? But some Star Wars fans believe Palpatine was Anakin's father. There was a widespread belief among Star Wars fans that Palpatine, the franchise's main villain, actually influenced the creation of Anakin Skywalker. The theory largely comes from an internet-breaking page in a recent comic book. In a 2019 issue of Charles Soule's Darth Vader comic series, a scene where Darth Vader looks back at his past seems to imply that Palpatine somehow used the Force to influence Anakin's conception. And we all have also heard about James Lucino's book, Plagueis where Plagueis was manipulating midichlorians to create life. But fans took this to mean that the writer was confirming this to be true, even though it turned out not to be the case. Matt Martin, who works for Lucasfilms as a part of the story group, confirmed in a tweet that the scene had been widely misinterpreted. The tweet has been that the scene played off of Vader's fear of Palpatine, simultaneously his master and greatest enemy, was responsible for his existence. 
Palpatine might not actually be his father, but he did treat Anakin like a son, just enough to convince him to turn to the dark side. If the answer that you were looking for is Anakin was made of space bacteria, congratulations, you win. May the force be with you. Now, why did I want to read this to you? Well, we all know that Anakin didn't have a father, but I wanted to show you that there's a lot of these types of posts out there. Because as fans, we are looking for answers to questions just like this one. That's how they hook us. Even I get swindled sometimes into clicking them. Actually, it happens more often than I would like to admit. Just take everything that you read with a grain of salt. If it doesn't come from George Lucas himself or a Star Wars confirmed site, it's probably not the truth. There's a lot of Star Wars content out there, but George said if he didn't work on it, it is not canon, it is the expanded universe, or legends as we call it now. Okay, so now let's get to the quote of the week, and it comes to us from Pele. He said, success is no accident. It is hard work, perseverance, learning, studying, sacrifice, and most of all, love of what you are doing and learning to do. Let me break this quote down a little for you. Success is no accident. One can contribute success to many things around. Things like family, friends, education, work, skills, and talent could all be a part of your success. Apart from them, certain core valuables constitute the right success equation. Among them, the first and foremost variable is doing something that you love. When you are doing something that you love, you find every positive outcome as a success. Even if it's little, there is no obstacle for you, but only challenges and opportunities. By doing what you love, your focus and hard work falls in line automatically. Constant learning and improvisation will become a part of you. Above all, it will never seem like hard work for you. The process and the journey will be enjoyable, despite the good and bad. Your resolve will shield you against all odds, but success needs some sacrifice from you. It takes at least a little. Success will ask you to sacrifice your comfort zone. Working towards your dreams and goals can cause you to not get enough sleep, to stay awake without account of things that is happening. And sometimes success needs you to work at the cost of all the fun things that you could be doing. The list goes on. So basically, find something that you love to do, something that you would do for free. Learn how to make money doing it and do it to the best of your ability. And you will find the success you are looking for. Okay, that's all I got for today. Join us next week. We hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Audio Archives. Join us next time for more Star Wars adventures. If you would like to listen to other episodes of the show, you can follow us on your favorite podcast directory. If you enjoyed the show, we would greatly appreciate a five-star review. Once again, thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you. Sway was created by Keen Eye Shed and is a production of Pick Film Media and was distributed by Swaycast Networks. This show was produced by Quentin McDaniel. Star Wars Brotherhood was read to you by Jason O'Dagan. Sound designed by Theodore Thompson. I am your host, Kyle, and we will see you next time in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs>